you for watching About Sports. Make sure to leave a like and a follow so you're alerted every time we upload a new podcast. Without further ado, let's get right into things. Well, good morning, everybody, and thanks for listening to About Sports. Uh, happy Friday, or should I say happy fall day? Uh, if you haven't been outside today or if you haven't checked the weather, we are set for an absolute beautiful Friday here. It's going to be fall like on steroids. <laughs> uh, we got a high of 64 degrees with a low of 41. It is a crisp 45 degrees right now in the Mid-South. And look, I, I'm just I'm just being honest with you guys. I absolutely love fall. Um, when the leaves starting to change colors and, and they're starting to fall off the trees, I, that is just absolute beautiful weather. I love wa- uh, watching the sunrise with a cup of coffee. I love just going out there. It, mm, it is so peaceful. If you haven't tried it, try it sometime. Uh, if you're more of a tea person or if you're like, I don't like coffee or tea at all, you know, whatever. Get you a drink. Go out and watch the sunrise. Listen to the birds sing. It is absolutely stunning. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It, it'll change your life. I am completely sure of that. Well, we have a loaded podcast here today. Uh, you know, a couple things to talk about. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, it's not official, but I mean, Adam Schefter's tweeted about it. It's pretty much official if that man tweets about it, right? Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, you know, the last few teams there were the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Chiefs. And I, I didn't want him to go to the, the Dolphins because I just feel like Le'Veon Bell is now a, a locker room cancer. Um, I'm surprised Mike Tomlin did as well as he did with him in Pittsburgh. And can we just give Mike Tomlin some credit? He handled Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell for years, and he did a great job with them. And those guys are just absolutely locker room cancer. So I don't know. I, I, I wasn't shocked that the Chiefs signed him. Actually, I was. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been balling out for them, and I just – you know, they've had some good running back progress here these last few weeks, so I don't really know why you go out and sign him. That's one of the signings that could be a chemistry breaker. I don't think it will be, but it very well could be because he's one of the guys who's going to be like, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. And he's not getting the ball as much, so he gets mad, and then you just see the things that we started to see in Pittsburgh and yada, yada, yada. I just... I don't know. I hope it's good for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, But again, this could be the thing I was talking about. The Kansas City Chiefs will find another way to win. Maybe it's taking some of that pressure off Patrick Mahomes and running with Le'Veon Bell. So now you've got a two offensive weapons that you got to worry about on the Kansas. They can beat you with the run or they can beat you with the pass. And so maybe that's the way the Kansas City Chiefs uh, find a way to win again after Bill Belichick kind of exposed them. Uh, But how far is Andy Dalton going to lead the Dallas Cowboys? This has been a question that's been talked about a lot this week. Um, I have pondered this question all week. Can Andy Dalton lead these Cowboys anywhere? I've got some good news. The Cowboys have the second easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. But when we saw him come into the Giants game, uh, he had a couple of misfires early. Obviously, the the fumble, and he had a couple of rough, shaky passes. But at the beginning of those of this week, those misfires, my gosh, that's all I could keep thinking about. Is, is he going to be a miss? firing quarterback is is are we just going to see him make uh, two or three mistakes a game that take us out of the game but as my, as my emotions have settled down and as I've thought about it and broke some things down I think it's time for a bold prediction on about sports uh, the Dallas Cowboys currently sit at 2 and 3 heading into week 6 at the end of week 17 I am predicting the Dallas Cowboys will finish are you ready for this drum roll 10 and 6 
I think the Dallas Cowboys will finish 10-6. I think they're going to win the NFC East. And I think they could make a solid run in the playoffs. I think they could very easily get to the NFC Championship if the stars align. Here's the Dallas Cowboys' remaining schedule so you don't think I'm crazy. This week, Week 6, Monday Night Football, they play the Arizona Cardinals. And the Cardinals have made some tremendous strides. Uh, they got D-Hop. Kyler Murray is playing some absolute beautiful football right now. Uh, but they're 2-2. Two and two. And so, yes, they've made strides, but they're not there yet. And their defense isn't that well. They've got Patrick Peterson, uh, and he's good, and he kind of floats around. He'll go to whatever receiver is getting the ball. But guess what? Dallas has three of them. Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and C.D. Lamb. You pick your poison. Who do you want to cover? You know, you can't move him around all the time. I just don't think the Cardinals defense can stop the Dallas Cowboys offense. And, yes, that's with Andy Dalton. Okay, you're like, you think they're going to be that good with Andy Dalton? Yes, I do. I think this game, Monday, is going to be an Ezekiel Elliott special. We'll see a heavy dose of him, and I think he will run all over the Cardinals. Uh, Dalton's going to hit some play-action passes, huge play-action passes, and Dallas will get a solid win here, making him 3-3. Three and three. Let me say something about Andy Dalton. Keep in mind, when he's had a team in Cincinnati with an average offensive line, with a good A.J. Green, and, and whoever he had at running back. I mean, he's produced a couple of 12-4 and four teams. So let's give Andy Dalton some credit. Cincinnati, who's won in Cincinnati? You know what I'm saying? Joe Burrow is doing decent. I mean, they've got one win. But, I mean, who has won in Cincinnati? It's kind of like another Cleveland Browns scenario. So let's let's ease off of Andy Dalton a little bit. Let's relax. Let's see him a couple of games and see what happens. But, yeah, leaving week six, Dallas wins this game against the Cardinals. They go three and three. Week seven, Dallas has the Washington football team. And do I even really have to say anything about this? This team is about is they're as bad as the New York Giants. Now I know Dallas almost lost to New York, but let's be honest: if Dak stayed in that game, that point spread probably increased to probably 13. I mean, that Dallas Cowboys defense was starting to get in a rhythm. The offense was getting in a rhythm, uh, and so the Dallas Cowboys are also going to be getting Leighton Vanderesh back with this game. Uh, this is also Randy Gregory's reinstatement game, and I think that defense will be much improved from the Cowboys. Now we don't know a lot about Randy Gregory. Uh, and obviously, I follow a couple of guys who are at the star watching the Cowboys practice. I, I follow a couple of the Cowboys players, and they were saying that Randy Gregory is unblockable in practice, that he's easily the best player on that defensive line. And that's before Demarcus Lawrence, who's really been making some plays recently, but he still isn't making the plays he needs for all that money. And Alden Smith, who has been making a lot of plays. And so, look, I'll just be honest with you. This could be a turning point for this Dallas defense. The secondary is still going to be bad, but having Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh and Randy Gregory back, you could have a solid rotation on that defensive line, and, and you can consistently get pressure. So I think the defense this game will be much improved for the Cowboys, and with the Redskins without a full 100% Chase Young, we'll see another great game for Zeke. Uh, Chase Young practiced a little bit this week, but I don't know how much of – him is really there. I, I, I don't know if he's 100%. So Cowboys win this game and they move to 4-3. and three. Uh, Week 8, they have the Philadelphia Eagles and this is a tricky one for me. I easily could see the Cowboys winning both of these Eagle games. You know, they're going to play them twice because they're in the same division. But knowing the Cowboys and for the sake of being sane on this podcast, I'm going to give the Eagles this game and a close one. This will probably be like an overtime game or come down to a last second field goal. I just believe the Eagles will be in a must-win situation. They've got a 
couple of tough opponents this upcoming weeks. They play the Baltimore Ravens this week. Uh, I think they'll be in a must-win situation, and I just think they're going to play some good football. Plus, it's in Philly, and it should be a little bit more cold. And so, you know, you look at those scenarios, and you're like, ah, man, is that going to play a big factor? You would think not, but, I mean, these are humans too. And, yes, they are in the NFL. They're pros, but – that stuff can bother people. I mean, you know, look at Tom Brady when he was in New England and would go to Miami and play. You go from New England's weather, which is kind of really cold, and then you go to Miami, which is always kind of warm, and he never played well. So let's just split this series. Uh, Dallas could easily win both games, but let's just split it. Dallas drops this one in a close one to move to 4-4 four and four after Week 8. Week 9, the Pittsburgh Steelers. To be honest, Pittsburgh's playing some good football, but this is another tricky game for me. Hypothetically, assuming the Cowboys' defense stays healthy and makes improvements week to week, I think the Dallas Cowboys have a real chance to win this game. This is a rivalry. This is a Super Bowl rivalry. Uh, we see we saw these guys play four years ago when Dak and Zeke were rookies. Um in that game, Zeke and the Cowboys controlled the they controlled the pace. They ran, they ran, and they ran. And Zeke had that big 36-yard touchdown. Um, I think they could control the ball with Zeke again. They could win the time of possession battle. However, I think Andy Dalton against that secondary could throw two interceptions, maybe one or two. Uh, so... I'm going to give the Cowboys another loss here. They moved to 4-5, and five, and you're hearing me say this now. You're probably thinking I'm crazy believing the Cowboys can win this game. Uh, and then you're saying you're giving them a loss here, and you're telling me the Cowboys are going to win five out of their last six. You're insane. But just wait. This schedule plays out for them. After the Pittsburgh Steelers game, Dallas enters their bye week, and this is a week 10 bye week. It's it's a solid, solid bye week. It's a great week off to get your health back up, to get some rest and relax. And to be honest, I think it's going to be huge that Dallas has a late bye week, especially going into the remainder of the season. Coming off the bye in Week 10, Dallas will play the Minnesota Vikings Week 11. They're going to enter this game at 4-5, and five, and I think this is going to be a revenge game for the Cowboys after last year's horrendous loss to the Vikings. Not to mention the Vikings' defense is not playing well at all, and their offense isn't looking that promising either. Dallas will be coming off the bye week. I think Dallas wins this one soundly to move the 5-5, five five, but it wouldn't surprise me if Minnesota gets on a roll with Dalvin Cook and we start to see them play good, but I, I still think Dallas will win this. Lucas Walter, if you're listening, I am sorry, bro. So Dallas moves to 5-5. Five and five. Uh, Week 12, this is the Thanksgiving game. They play the Washington football team. At, at this point, I think Chase Young should be back to 100%. Uh, this is going to be a close win. Ron Rivera and Mike McCarthy on Thanksgiving. Uh, I just don't think Mike McCarthy can lose on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, but this win is a win Dallas is going to need. And I think Andy Dalton has a field day against that defense if he can handle the pass rush with uh, Chase Young there. But hopefully that Dallas Cowboys offensive line will improve as time goes on and they'll work better as a unit as time goes on. Uh, Dallas wins this game. They move to 6-5. and five. Now, week 13, they play the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not even going to try. This is a loss, 6-6. Six and six. If it's a close game, that will be a huge moral victory for the Cowboys and encouragement to the team. But if it isn't, oh boy. 
Like then you start to get into the scenarios. Is Dallas even able to compete with these big playoff teams? Dallas leaves Baltimore six and six. Week fourteen, the Cincinnati Bengals with no defense or offensive line for the Bengals and Andy Dalton facing his former team. This should just be a big win for Dallas. I just don't see Joe Burrow leading this team to beat the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy late in the season. I think Dallas's pass rush, again, assuming everybody on that defense stays healthy, I think that pass rush should be a little bit more healthy, should be in a little better groove by then. Dallas leaves 7-6. and six. Uh, Week 15, the 49ers. And you probably all think I'm crazy for saying this, but the 49ers benched Jimmy Garoppolo against the Dolphins this past Sunday. There is definitely a lot of questions going on in that organization about who the quarterback is going to be. Uh, There's a lot of questions in that locker room, especially the offensive locker room. They lost a couple of guys early this year due to injury on their defensive line, so their defensive line is not the same anymore. I think Zeke is going to run all over him. I think this will be a really, really close game. It'll be a nail-biter, but I think Dallas is going to pull this out. Dallas will have to prove everyone They can win a big game against a playoff team. This is assuming that the 49ers fix themselves and they become the team that we all think they're going to. I think we'll start to see the playoff Cowboys take shape here. And Dallas leaves this game 8-6. Now, if Dallas loses this game, keep in mind, we also split the Eagles series. So Dallas could still very easily go 10-6, even with a loss here, if they win both Eagles games. So... You see what I'm saying? It's it's not too far-fetched that Dallas finishes 10-6. Uh, Dallas leaves that game 8-6 and six against the 49ers. Week 16, the Philadelphia Eagles, the last one. I think this will be the battle of the NFC East. Uh, I think the Eagles would be two games behind Dallas, maybe a game behind Dallas. And we said we would split the series here. The Eagles won the first game. I think Dallas wins the second. The second game is in Dallas. It's a late game. Dallas needs the win to get into the playoffs. They leave 9-6. and six. Week 17, the New York Giants. Again, assuming everyone is healthy on this Cowboys team, Dallas should have established a solid offense with Zeke and Andy Dalton. The defense should just potentially be average by then. Just be average. You don't have to be good. No one's asking you to be good. Just be average. Have a solid pass rush and two good linebackers, and that's it. Like Just be average. So honestly, I think Andy Dalton can shake some things up. Uh, I think Dallas wins that game against the Giants at 10-6. and six. Uh, Personally, I think the Cowboys team could, if, the, if they reach their potential, if they reach the full potential this team has, I can see them only losing two more games this season and finishing 11-5. and five. That's if everyone reaches their potential. But I don't think it'll happen. You could give Dallas both of the Eagles games and the Steelers games. You're, you're just giving Dallas one big win over a big team. And that's that's honestly, that's, that could happen. Uh, I expect them to finish 10-6. and six. I think it's more realistic. I think it's more achievable for the Cowboys. <laughs> but let's be honest, after being a Cowboys fan my whole life, they're probably going to finish 9-7. and seven. Uh, If there's a couple things I've learned from the Cowboys is they'll beat teams they shouldn't and they'll lose to teams they should have beat. I don't know. Mike McCarthy has won every game this year that they were supposed to. This isn't Jason Garrett. This is Mike McCarthy. And yes, Dallas's defense has been bad. And and yes, Dallas is two and three right now. But when you look at it, Mike McCarthy has been in every game this year. His analytics are honestly working. 
His analytics crawled us back in against the Cleveland Browns. We had a chance to win that game. His analytics crawled us back into the Atlanta Falcons. We won that game. And and we were head-to-head with the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. And so don't count out Mike McCarthy and these Cowboys. Do not count out Andy Dalton. I think he has something to prove. We're going to call him the Red Rocket. I think the Red Rocket has got something to prove. And my gosh, if this man can take Dallas to the Super Bowl, ah, I'm going to lose my mind. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, they're 4-0 after their 16-42 win over the Buffalo Bills this past Tuesday night. And first off, man, what a treat it was to have football on a Tuesday night. I mean, generally, I enjoyed that game. And I was really impressed with the Titans, who had not played football in two weeks. Can we just be honest? This Titans game should speak volume of how good this Titans team really is and how well coached they are. Before the Titans had their COVID outbreak, their defense was really bad. They came into this game being a bottom three defense in the league, giving up on average 422 yards per game. The Bills were coming in, not having two weeks off of football, and also had the number two passing offense averaging 316 yards per game, and they were also averaging 30 points per game. This looked like the Titans were going to get blown out. It seemed like Tennessee had no chance putting all these factors into play, and what did we get? We got a genius Mike Vrabel who found a way to put pressure on Josh Allen and keep him uncomfortable all night long. If you don't believe me, go back and watch that game. Vrabel's defense had the Bills' offensive line confused. They had false start after false start. They didn't. They were confused all game. Not just not just Josh Allen. The Bills' offensive line. Josh Allen was throwing the ball behind his receivers. Now, granted, his receivers did drop a lot of passes, but he also threw two interceptions. Like we can't under. We can't. No. I, I saw a lot of people saying, well, Josh Allen's receivers would have caught the ball. They would have been fine. Dude, he threw two picks, okay? He threw two interceptions. He he had only thrown one interception in four games, and the fact that this struggling Titans defense could pick him off not once but twice, that's huge. The Titans had won their previous three games by a combined six points. Their three wins this season, a combined six points. But they overtook this Buffalo Bills team by 26 points. And then you start to question when the Buffalo Bills play a good coach and a good organization. The Titans seem to be there right now. Josh Allen struggles. And they play the Chiefs this week, this Sunday. I'm watching that game. If Josh Allen struggles again, look out. Uh, This Titans team is is a dark horse Super Bowl team. Uh, they, they don't get a lot of clout from the media because they're physical. They're not flashy. Everybody likes the flashy teams now. Just remember, Mike Vrabel made the switch from Marcus Mariota to Ryan Tannehill last season. Since that switch, here are Ryan Tannehill's stats from his 14 regular season games as a Titan. He's only started 14 regular season games. Here is his stats. 36 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. That's MVP numbers. Mike Vrabel kept Ryan Tannehill because he knows he has something special in him. That's not even a whole regular season. He still has two more games to play and he, if, if, if you want to give him a whole regular season. He's at 36 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Ryan Tannehill doesn't get the clout he deserves. 
Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. And did you see him against Buffalo? He seemed to be the best quarterback that night. Remember this as well. Mike Vrabel took a 9-7 Titans team into New England, beat Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in New England. From there, they went to Baltimore to play the number one seed in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens, and they beat them in Baltimore. They controlled that game from start to finish. I mean it when I say it. The Titans are legit. Alabama is set to take on Georgia this week with Nick Saban out. How will this impact the game? Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Nick Saban tested positive for COVID-19. And I think the biggest deal out of all this is not the fact Nick Saban is not being allowed at the game. It's the fact he's not even being allowed to coach. Literally, as soon as Nick Saban tested positive, you know, he's probably trying to say, hey, can I still coach somehow? Can I can I still get there? And they're like, no, you're not even allowed to coach. What? That's why, why change the rule now? I, I, I don't get it. But don't get me wrong. Steve Sarkeesian, who is kind of filling in for Nick Saban while he's recovering from Corona, I think, it's going, I think he's going to do an excellent job. Um, however, we all know that Nick Saban is the perfectionist of this team. I mean, time and time again, we have seen him keep his offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators in line with a good old butt chewing. I think one downfall to Nick Saban not being there is the lack of experience Steve Sarkeesian and Pete Golding have in big SEC battles like this. Uh, are they going to be able to handle the big play calls? Uh, will they make questionable calls? These are things you now have to worry about with Nick Saban being gone. Uh, he won't be at helm during the game. He can't overrule some of those questionable calls. He can't overrule some of those bad decisions. I personally think when Nick Saban entered this season, he was starting to prepare his staff and his team as if this were to happen. Not even just with him, but say Steve Sarkeesian got COVID. Well, he started preparing for that. Who's going to fill in after Steve Sarkeesian? Is it Nick Saban? Is it someone below Steve Sarkeesian? You know, I think Nick Saban has probably prepared his team for that. Uh, he is the greatest coach in college football. Um, one more ring and he passes Bear Bryant. I honestly think Nick Saban not being there will help the team overall especially that defense. Think about it. It's one thing to get chewed out during a game by Nick Saban for not doing your job. Imagine the butt-chewing you would get from him not being there. He would have so much stuff built up. It would, You thought last Monday was bad against against the Ole Miss Rebels and how terrible that defense played. You thought that defensive butt-chewing was bad? Imagine if they lose this game. He's going to come in flipping tables saying, oh, so you can't win unless I'm on the sidelines? You can't do your job unless I'm on the sidelines? We're not even a top three team. We're overrated. I mean, you can you imagine Nick Saban if they lose that game and they don't play up to the caliber he's expecting them to? Oh my gosh. Um, I do think Mac Jones will have another incredible day. I think Alabama is honestly still going to pull this game out 27 to 31. Uh, but who knows? It's college football. Kirby Smart might get a big win against Alabama. And if they do, guess what? We probably will see him in the uh, SEC championship and we'll get a rematch with Nick Saban and Kirby Smart on the sideline. But hey, that's going to be it for today, guys. Again, happy Friday. I hope you guys are enjoying this Halloween season. Watch some, watch some spooky movies. Uh, uh, Hubie's Halloween, the Adam Sandler one on Netflix. It was all right. It was good. Um, I know a lot of people have been talking about it. It was funny. 
that cast is always funny, but it was just weird. It was a weirder movie. But anyways, thanks for listening today, uh, today guys. Have an absolute great weekend. Love these sports this weekend. We're going to have a great weekend. Uh, I'm your host, AB, and I am out of here. Let's go, baby. Four's up.